Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. Happy New Year. It's 2022. going to be a better year than 2021. One can hope. Yeah. Don't jinx it, Kurt. (laughs) No doubt. 2021 got so into the red that, you know, there's nowhere to go but up. Uh, With me, as always, is Stephen Taylor. How are you two doing? How was your holidays? Uh, not, not long enough yeah, yeah exactly what i was just gonna say i'm so sleepy i'm still sleepy i'm recovering <laughs> yeah it's uh to get back on track it's it's a bit rough yeah i like i had quite a bit of time off and then i had like my first like full day back at work doing my regular thing and i literally got home and i'm like i'm just gonna have a nap now like i'm exhausted <laughs> and it's not like anything i do is overly exhausting but i'm like i just i it i've had way too much time to just do nothing it didn't help that we had like a ton of snow either and uh omicron and all this other stuff and you're like i think outside's just not looking quite pleasant right now like <laughs> i was gonna stay inside and binge curb your enthusiasm and ozarks for three weeks but uh yeah we're here we're back uh pretty much uh you know it's gonna make the joke like we're we're back but the movies aren't because I was looking at like scheduled movies for like January. There's like nothing. Like there's Scream. There's well, well February technically, but uh, Jackass Forever. Not a whole lot. So hopefully you all like uh, watching stuff on Netflix and streaming sites because that's where it's at right now. Um, but uh, we're talking about the horror movies, and I gotta say, uh double header of just two horror classics one is a classic that's been around for decades and one's a relatively new movie but i think still people would consider it a classic or at least you know in consideration for uh we're talking about the exorcist this week and next week it's going to be the conjuring uh but the exorcist i mean come on this is uh the grandpappy of horror movies this is uh (laughs) this is the the one that uh, probably your parents showed you at one point, or I don't know, maybe you watched it with your parents, uh, not knowing that you were watching it like uh, I did. But uh, yeah, uh, the official summary, and I do love because I think this might be one of the first summaries I've ever had to put in that actually remarks about how much money the movie made. But they say this is the official summary for The Exorcist. One of the most profitable horror movies ever made, this tale of an exorcism is based loosely on actual events when young Reagan starts acting odd, levitating, speaking in tongue, her worried mother seeks medical help only to hit a dead end. A local priest, however, thinks the girl may be seized by the devil. The priest makes a request to perform an exorcism. The church sends in an expert to help with the difficult job. Um... Yeah, that's how you can tell the movie's been out for a while when they start like tweaking the summary. <laughs> just put it. Right. I love the financials now comes into the summary of what it's about. <laughs> like Jesus Christ. 
can't wait till like the Avengers Endgame summary in like twenty years time. Like one of the most profitable movies ever made. Like, the, co- <laughs> the commercially viable group of the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um. Yeah, The Exorcist. I mean, it's such a great movie. Absolutely. Um. And I mean, uh, I rewatched it only because I haven't. I mean, I've seen the movie before, but like, I just. Mm-hmm. I think it it was just one that I need to have a little bit fresh in the memory, and I'm so glad I rewatched it because like man, this movie is so good. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's genuinely chilling, like a genuinely like scary movie that still, I I mean I feel like it hits the same every time, like it still feels really freaky. Yeah, mm, and just kind of nasty. Like mm-hmm. you, you want to have a shower after you watch this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think in comparing the two, uh, not to take too much away from The Conjuring, which I also like, but I do like the downer ending of The Exorcist a bit more. Whereas with The Conjuring, it's like, hey, you know, good feelings helped heal the mom. Everything's okay in the end. And this it's like mm-hmm. people died. Like legit people just got like tossed. Well, Kara sacri- right. sacrificed himself, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Which I kind of like this movie because it ends things on a note that's not necessarily positive. It's positive in the sense that Reagan's recovered and she's free of the devil. But, I mean, you as the audience, maybe not necessarily Reagan, uh, knows that, yeah, there was quite a bit of a cost to that. Which I kind of enjoyed mm. about this movie and rewatching it. I was like, yeah, like, there's a lot of sacrifice in this movie. And that's something that, like, it leaves you on a somewhat sour note despite there being some relative optimism there as well it's kind of mm-hmm. bizarre but great at the same time yeah have you guys on shutter there is like a little like documentary called uh leap of faith friedkin on the exorcist I and it's it's like an hour maybe a little bit more than an hour and it's just a one-on-one interview with friedkin as he's basically going through the themes of it and and the creation of it mm. and um the work that him and Blatty did into bringing it to the to make it work as a film because uh apparently the way the book reads it, it's very hard to transition it so yeah and and just uh, Friedkin's own battles with with faith and everything as he was making the film and going back and watching the film decades later and everything like it's i mean from the man himself like william friedkin is one of the most uncompromising filmmakers that i think we've ever seen mm-hmm. um and uh it's just it's fascinating to to get his full-on take um beyond what commentaries are already out there for this film yeah I'd be interested to check that out now. I saw it was on mm-hmm. Shutter, and I just uh, yeah, I get distracted. Blew me, it blew me away. It's so good. Like I really like all those Shutter retrospective ones because there's a there's a bunch of other ones in there. Um, the, the I believe there's an episode on The Exorcist as well on on that Cursed Films series. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's so many different retrospective Exorcist, uh, um, kind of documentary shows and. I mean, if they would do one just on the subliminal imaging in this movie, I would totally be enamored with that. Oh, yeah. There's tons of little subliminal messages. So much. I think, like, way back in my Instagram, like, in the beginning of my Instagram, because I did did the movie for another podcast, and I just kept... I took a screenshot of each 
subliminal image and kind of made a mosaic out of it and it's it's so freaky that's awesome yeah because there's, there's little bits and like it's funny because at this point i kind of am aware of them uh so you kind of see them coming but like even still it's still pretty cool that like they would put that in there i can only imagine mm-hmm. if you were like a casual theater going back at theater going back when this came out and like you watch that you're like uh what mm-hmm. what's going on well, the one where Father Karras, um, his mother's waving to him from across the street in New York, and then that one flash hits on the screen. I love that one yeah. so much. Uh, I also really like the one where she, um, where Ellen Burstyn's in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and then she turns off the light, and you see the face in the in the oven hood. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's so many, so many great, just beautiful ones. Or like even the statue appearing on Reagan's wallpaper. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. so many just brilliant, just like little subtle things that are just just make your blood run cold. Yeah, I feel like they try and capture that so much in in modern day film, but they just it's it's the, you really can't sometimes. No. They no. they try and do it with like jump scares in the background or things like that, but it's just not the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, both of these movies have some decent jump scares they don't overdo it but there's like just a good healthy amount i mean if we're talking jump scares the exorcist 3 all-time greatest jump scare of all time i think but uh yeah uh what was the first time both of you watched this movie oh boy i was really young when i watched it i probably my preteens, probably um and it messed me up it's um, from the, the moment of the, you know, the Reagan, like, I don't feel good and pissing on the carpet and stuff. Like it's, I think it's because it's happening to a kid. It just makes it that much more scary. I think it's the, and unbeknownst at the time, I think it's just the innocence of you're susceptible to anything at that point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it just makes it a little bit more scary. So yeah, I, I think I was like 11 or 12 when I saw it. Yeah. Yeah, especially as a kid watching the character of Reagan do all of those very adult or say especially all of those very adult mm-hmm. things is very disturbing almost. Like it really does a good job of putting you on edge and being like, "Oh, this is something very not right." <laughs> um yeah. I feel like I the first time I I don't quite remember the first time I watched this movie all the way through. It was also when I was like a, a teenager, I think. The first time I ever experienced any type of media around the exorcist was oh what was it the maze game i don't know if either of you have seen anything about the maze game that used to or probably still is uh online where you have to very carefully maneuver your mouse through this uh maze and you get through a certain number of levels and then uh at a certain point reagan's face uh jumps out at you and it's like a jump scare game and it oh my God. fucking terrified me <laughs> and that i think was the first encounter i ever had <laughs> with reagan from the exorcist That's um funny. which is very fitting i think uh for for the movie but uh i'm pretty sure it was the maze game at least or something like that but uh yeah so terrifying and then you watch the movie and you're like yep that's totally what this uh demon possessed child would do is hide an amazing jump out at you and terrify you pretty much (laughs) sounds about right um the 
first time I watched this movie, uh, like uh, many movies when I was younger, was me sneakily renting it from the video rental store. Because, hey, you know what? In the 90s, parents were more willing to just send you with some money in hand to go rent a movie from mm -hmm. the video store. And you could get away with it because, you know what? Those staff were being paid minimum wage. They did not give a shit. So <laughs> there was a few times we would just go up and be like, let's rent this movie. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, it was a movie that we rented because uh, I remember, like, earlier on like some older person was like picking it up and then kind of just like turned to me and was like this movie is the most is the scariest movie you'll ever watch and i'm like whoa so you know like later when i went there was like no parents around and i had the money to go write the movie i went and found that movie and i'm like now's the time baby let's get scared and then uh took it home watched it uh turned it off immediately because i was getting <laughs> scared uh and then i like put it on and turned it off probably like four times until I finally watched it all the way through. And, uh, I think I was, I just remember just being like so scared of just general everyday things. Like I refused to go upstairs for like a good solid two months because I was just afraid <laughs> that like, it was just going to come down the stairs and I was going to be like, ah, no. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's funny. Cause I think there was like, um, yeah, there's like a movie where, or an email, sorry, where someone says that this like movie still scares them to this day. I could see it. Like uh, when I first watched it, I was like scared. I think now I'm not as scared. I more so appreciate just the art of the movie and like just how it all came together. Uh, but I can see how it could still scare people for sure. So, uh, speaking of, Brad says this movie still scares me to this day. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, I can see it. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't personally agree. I don't think there's not really... I think it's probably because I've seen this movie so many times that it's just not really overly scary, but I could see it. Yeah, I would agree. I, I, like I said, I, th I think it still has those elements that just ring true. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there's nothing about... I mean, this movie came out, you know, f close to 50 years ago now, and yeah. it's still effective. Um, I think... I think its validity is if you put it on for somebody that hasn't seen it before and mm. it still leaves a mark. Well, didn't Blatty put out like a new version of the movie in like 2000? Like nobody saw it because they were just like, eh, this movie's old. <laughs> so, well, that's the right. one with the spider walk though, right? Yeah. The, where they added in the spider walk I, and which I think is such an effective scene. Um, something that I don't think they would have gotten away with putting in the film in, in 73. And I think that's why um, it took 30 years to put it in, uh, into the film. Um, uh, I think it's it's horrifyingly effective. Yeah. I I, I, I went back to see it in theater when they did the version. Uh, I believe it was called the version you've never seen before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw it in theaters. Yeah. Because it was movie... my opportunity to see it in theaters, you know. Yeah, I was just about to say, this movie, I feel like, would benefit from watching it in a theater environment more mm -hmm. so than watching it at home. There were Absolutely. there were some parts where I felt uh, it was a little 
long. There are a lot of scenes in this movie of people just walking from one place to another or running around a track or something like that, that I feel like, oh, you could probably cut those out and it would be all right. But I feel like for, for this type of movie as well, especially if you're just sitting down to watch it and not getting distracted by anything else, those pacing scenes actually add to the atmosphere of the movie. And I mm-hmm. feel like so would watching this in a super dark dingy theater on a big screen like that would be the best viewing experience for the exorcist in my opinion mm-hmm. yeah i remember because i had seen the version before the theatrical re-release in like 2000 that like i guess in my mind i didn't realize it was a different version at the time i thought it was just the same movie so i skipped it um but yeah i think now like i've seen the the bloody re-release version now obviously like i think uh when i re-watched it on crave they had the version that was the the re-release version so um i think that's now like the most common version you'll see like i don't know if you really see that original theatrical version much anymore so i mean everyone wants to see the spider crawl down the stairs that's just yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's it's insane (laughs) plus like I do I think the the new version is a little bit longer but like not incredibly so like the movie still moves at a decent pace I find mm-hmm. so um Jacob says I have a bit of a gripe with this movie it's usually number one on horror movie list and it's good but best movie of all time not convinced I mean it's good and who gives a shit if it's like number one for you or number one for someone else fucking mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah they're, they're always rough arguments to get into i mean because... well yeah i feel like sometimes too especially when this is people's first really like gross and disturbing experience with horror movies like that really sticks with you and i can see i mean like for me the the blair witch is always going to be at the top of my list even though i'm sure there are plenty of people that would disagree with that but that's just because it was one of my first horror experiences and i've talked to many people um my, I think one of my parents, my mom, is one of those people who, like The Exorcist, is all-time scariest just because it was one of the earliest really, really scary movies that she saw. So I, I yeah. totally understand why people would put this at the top of their horror list, even though in, in today's times, uh, especially with some of the movies that you could put it up aside, it might not be quite as scary scary, but mm. um, I don't know. I, I think I understand it. Even though it's definitely, it's probably not one of the, my top horror movies, but I understand it. Yeah. Also worth noting too, like the movie did incredibly well. And like to put in perspective, like a movie theater ticket back then cost like $3. <laughs> it managed to like make millions of dollars off that. Like a lot of people saw that movie. And I think it's just a movie that's just ingrained in the culture that in a way that like not too many other horror movies are like, I mean, there are certain horror movies that I would say are better, but there's no way that like a common person has seen Halloween three season of the witch or Mandy or something like that. So like, I think it's just a case of, it's just so uh, commonly seen by a lot of people that I can see why for a lot of people it would be number one. And pardon me, would implore those people to like watch other movies, but uh, at the same time too, I'm like, well, I don't want to take away from that argument, but I'm also not necessarily going to agree with it either. If that makes sense. Yeah. 
And I, I th- kind of like we were talking about earlier, um, there are a lot of little details in this movie that if you're paying attention and pick up on, they really do add, I think, to the overall experience of it, mm-hmm. um, which I think can help too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Best line in this movie. Oh. No. <laughs> I think you my... see what you've you see what she's done, your cunting daughter. <laughs> yeah, that was, so good. That was good. <laughs> I mean... A lot of Reagan's lines too that were kind of like uh coming from the demon mm-hmm. where it was like simultaneously they were like, Oh my god, a child is saying this really terrible shit, but also mm-hmm. like there was almost a little bit of a oh my god a child is saying this yeah. shit like it was a double ended kind of like being horrified but also wanting to laugh at the same time. Yeah, I love how forceful the voice is. Like it's being wound up inside of her. Like mm-hmm. how it comes out of her. It's like like how it like kind of like rises out of her. It's like she's it's like Reagan's fighting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, the sound design of it is so fucking brilliant. Like. That's another thing about this movie is it. There's so much that is at like operating at top level. The cinematography, uh, the the uh, the art direction. Like, there's just so much that is working in in like tandem with each other that works so beautifully. Uh, I think why is why you know unfortunately to our our uh, listener email there kind of considers that as being one of the greats because, um. Yeah, everything is just at a top-notch level. It's yeah. so meticulous, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like the line. I think, I can't remember the character's name who was with Karis when they were doing the actual exorcism, but at one point, um, he says, I think the point is to make us despair, to see ourselves as animal and ugly, to reject the possibility that God could love us. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really good. No, yeah, mm-hmm. that's good yeah, Marin. Uh, so Marin, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Father Marin. Uh, I like the well. There was an exchange between uh, the demon and Karis, and kind of like talking about like, oh, it's an excellent day for an exorcism, but uh, it's not really that line. It's more uh, when Father Karis uh, responds to the demon saying like, oh, it would bring us together. And it says you and Reagan, and then the demon says you and us, and oh, that just is like, it, I mean, there's no swear words or anything, but it just is like so like, oof. Like, mm-hmm. that demon's got a plan. It knows what's up. Yep. Yeah, foreshadowing to what happens at the end of the movie when yeah. they are brought together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Because I, I they knew it was, that was the end game, right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. didn't know that, that Karis would immediately sacrifice himself out the window. Yeah. And I he mean, thought it, it, bet it, it bet on that Karis is more... Because it, it knew Karis's past and knew any kind of selfishness in Karis's past and thought that maybe this was the kind of the conduit to in which to, to go to survive, to thrive, to grow, to spread its message. But mm. no, that's not the case at all. Yeah. I mean, there's lines that you could arguably say are funnier. Like, I mean, funny in a way where it's like, I can't believe you get away with this in a movie. Like, stick your cock up your ass, you motherfucking worthless cocksucker. Something like that. <laughs> it's just like, oh man, like I better turn the volume down on this movie a little bit. Um, <laughs> um, but like, every watching it, I was like, man, that line just stuck with me. It's just like mm-hmm. so menacing and confident. Oh, and I mean, the performance sells it too. So yeah. Um, 
best performance. There's a lot of good ones in this. Mm. I I put I uh Linda Blair as Reagan. Still yeah, just, for such for yeah. being so young. Um, but I I mean it's 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 really it's really tough I think to to kind of land on who's the best in this because everyone plays it so well. Uh, I, I mean, Max von Sydow is, is at this point a, a veteran actor um, who's done some of the who's done some of the greatest work in history. I mean, he's a Bergman guy, so uh, his work is just impeccable in this. Uh, Ellen Burstyn is Ellen fucking Burstyn, like she is so goddamn great in everything. Um, and Jason Miller is a he was a stage actor um that that black uh, that uh um freaking basically almost was like i wrote this for you to do it you kind of have to do it because i don't have anybody else that could do this properly yeah. like he was almost like kind of goaded into doing it and i mean just all of them give such compelling performances that you're sucked into it because of the performances mm -hmm. it's almost like a group like ensemble like is why this movie works mm -hmm. yeah mm-hmm I think uh, Jason Miller also later worked with uh, Blatty on the ninth configuration as well. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Which, uh, that, that movie's just wild. <laughs> it, it's so cool. I, I, I'm, I, it's upsetting that it really doesn't get talked about that much anymore because I think it is such a fascinating film. Yeah. I don't know if I necessarily can make the argument to talk about it on this podcast, but, uh, I mean, go watch the ninth configuration. It's such a great movie. Um, I'm going to say Jason Miller. Uh, I think, uh, he, I mean, a lot of this movie kind of falls on his shoulders. I mean, yeah. uh, a lot of the other characters are, are great and the actor acting performances are great, but like, I think they're all circling around and kind of serving his character story. And mm -hmm. I mean, his performance in this is so great. Like the self doubt and like the sort of conviction that he has later on, like it, he does such a great job of selling every single part of his role and all the different facets of it that I just find it so interesting. and so well done. He's the main character essentially. So like, yeah, I mean, like he's the heart of the story as much as whenever this movie gets brought up, it's always um, Linda Blair and Ellen Burstyn, but Jason Miller, I think is the core of this film. Well, even like mm -hmm. Max von Sydow. He's, I mean, I don't want to say it's a cameo, but I mean, it's not as significant as you might expect. No, he his character means more in stature than the than the performance of Max and von Sydow does. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's still it's like, um, he like every there there's just a method to to everything in this film. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, best kill. Well, I mean, I think there's I mean, only really one. Yeah, well, unless in care. Um, well, Father Marin. Marin is... and Karis, basically, right? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, but can you count Karis? Because I think, or uh, Marin. Does suicide count? No, no. I meant to say, can you count Marin? Because I think it happens like off screen, doesn't it? Like, you don't really see it. He's no, not really. Yeah, he just kind of collapses, right? Yeah. And you don't see... They, they talk about Burke. Burke falling down the stairs and, and mm -hmm. actually 
being killed by, but I don't think you see that one either. No. Yeah. No. It's but I mean, I I wrote down Father Karras just because his was kind of badass, anyways. Like just yeah. out of everything that happens in the film, like you get to that point, and you're like, oh fuck, mm-hmm. it might it might it might be over. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the yeah. closest. Yeah, and and I really like too how right before he fall or like jumps out the window basically that there's they uh put like the i don't know if it's like a shot of makeup or if they actually do some sort of effect over his face but like they have a moment where he like comes to after being possessed and then the makeup disappears and then he jumps out the window and the effect of it was just really well done in my opinion so Mm -hmm. even if you had seen the other deaths i think karis probably would have been my favorite of this one yeah i have to go with karis i mean Marin, uh, I think he like pretty much just dies of a heart attack, which I mean that sucks, but it's like not the most visually interesting. But uh, Kara's jumping uh, out a window to basically kill himself and and uh, Pazuzu. Uh, I mean that's that's the the most effective kill in the movie. Although I was look, I was making some notes and like a, there is some deaths in the movie, but like a lot of things were just mentioned, like the mom, mm-hmm. like. They just mentioned she dies. Burke, you mentioned that he dies, but like there's no actual like visual part to it. So they kind of get around that a little bit in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, dumbest decision in this movie. Um, me watching that scene where they put the tube in her neck in the hospital. <laughs> gross. <laughs> gross, 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 gross. I should have looked away. There is a lot of like, because I, I watched this one and the next one, The Conjuring, kind of back to back. And for The Conjuring, like, they, ugh, I, don't, I can't tell if I love or I hate how much they build up to the jump scares in that movie, but I was watching Animal Crossing, or I was playing Animal Crossing while I was watching it because it was freaking me out. And during this scene, I should have also pulled out Animal Crossing because, oh, it was, I don't know why, but for some reason that was like one of the grosser parts of this movie for me was like when she was in the hospital getting stuffed onto her. Yeah. I'm just, am I really biased? Because I just don't have one. Mm. I really don't. I mean, I will say leaving uh, Marin in the room along with Pazuzu, uh, you know, probably not the best idea. But <laughs> My only other one was like at the beginning of the movie, doesn't someone find like some artifact that is supposed to be related to Pazuzu or like mm-hmm. just just like if you find that shit, just leave it alone. Just yeah, don't yeah. touch it. Oh, my. In the beginning, the clock stopping is mm. so terrifying. Mm the silence like that's another thing that 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 Friedkin is able to just completely frazzle you with simple things yeah and um but as far as like i think leaving Marin in the room is uh, alone by himself is just kind of an underestimation of Pazuzu by Karis you know yeah. by that point um because because you know in what happens to Father Marin is the strengthening of Paris's uh, of Karis's re- re- uh, resolve against Pazuzu, right? So mm. I don't know. I mean, it's all method. It's all method. Yeah. Like everything leads into everything else. 
Mm-hmm. So I it's will... it's it's all staircase leading to the next point. Next point, you know. It's a bit of a reach to say that's the dumbest decision because it's not overly dumb, but it's probably the dumbest it gets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Like, I'm like, uh, pretty much like most things in this make sense. Like, this isn't like a Friday the Thirteenth or something where somebody just makes a really stupid decision. This is largely pretty okay, but it <laughs> was more so that I was like. Well, I gotta think of something for this. So, um, cool. Uh, I think it's time to rate this movie, and I have a feeling it's you know definitely gonna be high on all three counts. Yeah, I'm gonna make it easy. Ten out of ten. Ooh, there you go. Yeah, I, this is a perfect perfect movie. What about you, Taylor? Um, I am gonna go a little lower. I think I'm gonna go with an eight. I'm going to be honest, maybe it is just because I've not just seen like this movie before, but also because I've seen so much about this movie, but it was a little slow for me rewatching. Uh, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, there were some scenes where people were just taking their time walking places and I was like, all right, you can walk a little bit quicker than that. We don't need to film people for just doing long hallway walks. But that was like probably one of my only gripes <laughs> of this movie. Um so yeah, I think eight is uh, what I'm going to stick with. I, I, it's great, great movie. I love all the little details. I love all the lore, or not lore, but like all the uh, behind the scenes tidbits too, and all mm. the like cursed things that people say are supposed to happen. Like this, this whole the Exorcist itself is just like a cultural phenomena almost to itself. Yeah. Um, so it's hard not to to love it at least in that aspect. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's my score. Nice. I'll give it a 9 out of 10. I do think it is really good. Uh, I think, like, yeah, one of the things that maybe held it back for me uh, was a little bit the length. Like, I did feel like it ran pretty well. But also, too, it's kind of hard because in my mind, I'm like, well, I'm invested in rewatching this for the podcast. But I don't know if standard moviegoer would go, well, I want to stick around for the whole runtime of this. It's a little hard to say. But I, I, I did sense that it was a little too long but again i mean i was invested at this point i wasn't going to just jump off the train i was already uh, i was on the the exorcist hype train um <laughs> and i do think like the start of the movie does kind of feel a little bit long too like i kind of prefer if we jumped a little bit more into the reagan stuff right away um like i get it that they kind of want to show like oh there's demon stuff going on and they got show like an exotic locale but it just it felt a little unnecessary in terms of like its length but just these are just minor nitpicks like this movie is still really good and you should watch it if you haven't already cool uh steve where can people find you on the internet yeah i'm on uh, twitter and instagram at the steve dead i'm also on letterbox as well and i'm pretty up to i like as far as everything i'm currently watching i'm pretty up to date on that I think the last two on there were Mass and Legend of Macbeth, I think are the last ones. Or The Tragedy of Macbeth, mm. um, which is the first solo Cohen movie. Um, and it's A24, which also kind of like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that's a that's a big end of the year, beginning of 2022 thing for A24 to have a Cohen film um, in any capacity. Um, so I'm such a shell for them, so... Well, yeah. <laughs> they deserve. I love it. I love A24. Can't wait for Northman this year. Um, 
Like, I'm psyched. I know it's not horror, but it's Eggers. So it'll, it it'll be horror. Like, trust me. <laughs> it'll <laughs> like, have some elements to it. Yeah. There'll be some skull bashing or something, I'm sure. Yeah. This is his Green Knight, is what I'm thinking. Mm, um, yeah. And um, uh, being that, the, you know, uh, we this is the beginning of the year, uh, I, I want to give, like, quickly give like my favorite um horror last year that if people haven't got a chance to check it out it's a welsh mm. film called censor mm. um if and it's uh i forget what her name is plano plano bond bailey i think is the director okay um just a fascinating film about a a woman editing uh um videos in in the uk in the 80s as part of the video nasties um controversy mm. who kind of starts going crazy uh, if you've seen Berberian Sound Studio, it's kind of like that movie. Um, but yeah, I, I felt like this would be a good opportunity to do that. Otherwise, um, yeah, I'm on the shift with Shane Hewitt every Thursdays across Canada at 11 p.m. Pacific. And I do a little bit in Vancouver local on the CKNW show, uh, the Jazz Joe Hall show. I do kind of like what to watch every Fridays. Um, yeah, that's about it. Nice. Taylor, where can people find you on the internet? Um, I am on Instagram and I stream on Twitch. My username is Techronomicon. Um, normally I stream, I think, Friday nights for at least this month and then random times if I feel like doing stuff. Um, and I have a Twitter and a website where my Twitter username is Circeanic. My website is circeanic.home.blog. Um, but I don't really use those right now. Maybe at one point in the future, my website will be nice and shiny and have lots of cool stuff, but I'm working on that. So there's nothing really right now. <laughs> Fair. Uh, yeah, I'm at com. Not a whole lot to review, though we did uh, finish up our talk on Hawkeye, which, uh, hey, Vincent D'Onofrio came back as Kingpin. So that was cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, talked about Book of Boba Fett, which I'm still not entirely sold on, but I see the potential. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the big old action and cool reveals. But, uh, yeah, uh, I was also on the Mike Smith show on CKNW over the holidays. They had me on a few times, actually. Talk about uh, some movies and stuff, so go check that out. Uh, I realize how much harder it is to be on the radio than it is to do a podcast where you can just talk about whatever, whenever you want. Whereas when you're on radio, it's like, you have to be concise. You have to be like, mm -hmm. just, it, it's less art and more science, if I had to make an analogy for that. But uh, that was fun. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Film Critic Kurt. I'm on Letterboxd, Fatal Koala. I'm pretty caught up. I mean, not like there's a whole lot more to get caught up on because basically January's turned into, it usually is a dumping ground for bad movies. And now it's just like nothing, not even bad movies. They put out the 355, which I watched, and I I don't think... Uh, I thought I was expecting the movie to be mediocre, and it was even worse than that. So don't go watch mm -hmm. the 355. Uh, despite a really good cast, they somehow make the movie completely unwatchable. Um, yeah. And then go buy tickets <laughs> for Jackass Forever, because I get my residual checks if you do, and it's going to be a great <laughs> time. And I just think everyone needs the healing power of jackass in their lives right now so and there's new members yes yeah 
there's videos out on the social medias that kind of highlight the new members. And I just got to say, like, those new people, like, you might think, like, oh, I want to see the old cast. The new cast are just as good, if not better in some regards, uh, in some of the stunts. Poopy is my favorite. Poopy. That's, that's <laughs> his actual name. It's just Poopy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you don't fall in love with Poopy, then there's something wrong with you. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, go buy your tickets for that because uh, my livelihood maybe not entirely re- uh, relies on that, but softly relies on that. So please do go see it in theaters February 4th. Um, yeah, until next week when we talk about um, The Conjuring. Bye for now. <laughs>